What's up, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the Security Squawk Podcast, episode 107. This is going to be an abbreviated show than what we normally <laughs> do. I can tell you that. But as you know, there's a fee. If you like the show, if we educated you, if we made you think, if there's anything in this show that inspired you or just, you know, give you a different perspective on life and how to deal with cyber criminals we just ask you to share the show and uh spread the word on social media and help us grow and that's it and we don't we don't do ads we don't do sponsorships just share the show so what's up guys welcome to another another show how are we doing today what's up brian doing well good stuff so we have uh few things to talk about today and not a lot of time, so we're just going to get right into it. Um, first up, we got this uh, Eternal Org Ransomware. Is that the name of it, Randy? Help me out here. Um, that's not the name of the ransomware, but it was a uh, Maternal and Family Health Services is the name of the company. Got it. Basically hit with a ransomware, and the news is the data that they were that they were able to get out of the organization. So it's according to uh, this article from the record, uh, we have information here that says that the Maternal and Family Health Services was alerted to a ransomware attack on April 4th. Uh, and it was only it was told by cybersecurity experts that the hackers had access to their system as far back as August 21st, 2021. Yeah, this is going to be, a, I think, a lawsuit waiting to happen because. They've known since August that that they had hackers in there who I don't got think I don't think that's true though. And that so when I read this, I don't know if this is just poorly written, but it says uh, mat, uh, maternal and family health services said it was alerted to the ransomware attack on April fourth. Yes, uh, more than eight months ago. Why why is it just being disclosed now? Well, it says uh, one, yeah. but then then it was it was August twenty first that they had access. So they they knew about well, it in April. No, no, no. The, so the, the cybersecurity experts said that the hackers had had access. That's Correct. They, right. The way I read it is that they under the, the experts understood on August 21 that when the hack happened back in uh, April, that they were able to get data out. No, that's 2021. No, April 4th, April 4th they, found out. they figured it out, but they looked back and said they've been in your system yep. for six months. Yep. Yikes. So, well, I was saying I, that seems even more like there's going to be a ransomware. If this is just, I mean, a, a lawsuit if this is going public. Yeah, oh, 100%. just now, and they're just now sending out letters. Yep, personal Ooh. information that includes names, addresses, dates of birth, social security numbers, driver's license numbers, financial account, payment card information, usernames, passwords, medical information, and health insurance information. Um, when pressed on why there was such a large gap between when the attack was discovered and when the notices were sent out, a spokesperson said they worked diligently with third-party forensic investigators to determine what happened and whose information was impacted. Now, that's that's true, right? And I think that that's a good, uh, a good thing for people to look at here and learn from this attack that it took them from April 4th until basically the end of December to figure this out. I mean, yes, you could also kind of read that comment as basically a no comment comment 
but they just threw out some big fancy words to throw you off. I mean, I'm not trying to say anybody's intent here. Um, and I'm not saying they're doing anything wrong necessarily, but you know, when I read that, I'm like, we work diligently with third party. Like to me, it's, it's not really an answer. Well, here's my point. You the forensics. Here's my point. The, those forensic investigators, every hour they're working, that clock is running, right? So these guys had to work from April until December to get them the information so they could make this release. That's a long time, and that's a big bill that they're going to get from these forensic investigators. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm trying to point out. Like, it, it could yeah. also mean that they did the forensics and then spent the bulk of the eight months trying to figure out how that they how they could minimize their impact and <laughs> what they had to disclose. To Probably them. not. Because if you're talking about having to look over stuff and figure out if somebody's been in your system for six months, that's going to take a long time. And I guess that's what I want to point out to companies and people that are listening is like, again, a lot of people think that these ransomware events are like, two day events. Like they, they just take two days or they right. going to be a week. It's going to be two weeks. Right. And here, you know, not only did it start six months before they figured it out, but then it took them another eight months to figure out what happened. That's expensive. <laughs> um, you know, these guys weren't in and out. I mean, yeah, theoretically you could go through a ransomware event and you could have the forensic investigation done you know, depending on the situation and how severe it is in a month. Um, but that's a rare circumstance where these things, where those things happen that quickly. Um, so, you, you know, the takeaway for me right now with this is like, wow, they probably spent a good deal of money with this cybersecurity firm cleaning this up and trying to figure out what happened. Um, you know, look, they had, look, the organization also created a hotline for those with questions. Guess what? That hotline costs money. Mm-hmm. People to man that hotline, you know, and answer those questions. Um, the other interesting thing to me is no ransomware group has been tied to the attack. Um, and that that's usually not the case uh, at this point in, in these types of events. I mean, you're almost nine, 10 months in to when they actually found out about it and they still have no idea um, what ransomware group, or they're just not disclosing it. Yeah. I think that's why the reporter kind of pressed them on it. Um, yeah. because there, there does seem to be such a large, um, delay. So yeah. Anywho, right. So anyways, uh, it seems like, uh, us small businesses are, uh, under attack if they use Citrix as a new Citrix flaw is being exploited in a ransomware attack. If you don't know what Citrix is, it's just kind of uh, you know an easy way to remote to set up remote computers and virtual computing. Um, and the attackers linked the ransomware group to Royal, who's been on fire lately. And uh, they are suspected to have exploited a critical vulnerability in two Citrix products in order to launch an attack against a small business in the U.S. The vulnerability uh, is listed as CVE 2022-27510. And it allows an attacker to bypass authentication measures in the technology company's application delivery controller and gateway products, which is basically the part that faces the internet. 
Um, this appears to be the first known exploit of this particular Citrix vulnerability, which the company first disclosed in November. So here we go again, right? Citrix disclosed this back in November, and now the, the Royal Ransomware Group has built basically a bot to go around the internet and figure out if they can exploit this thing on a particular IP address. This is why you always have to update your applications, audit your applications. That's it. Your subscriptions. That's it. Yeah. And, and, and it's not a one-time thing, right? You got to constantly be doing it. It's like, you know, whenever this was, you know, I'll look up the CVE to try to figure out when it was released. But whenever um, these things, it was November. It was November 8th, right? So on November 7th, this didn't exist to the world. It existed, but it wasn't reported, right? So unless you were a really good hacker and you didn't disclose this properly, you may have known about it before somebody else. But once this hits the street, everybody knows about it. So basically, as of November 8th, the clock's ticking because hackers are going to go, oh, yeah, it's a 9.8 on a 10 scale, the severity of this vulnerability, which essentially means that they can get remote access through this exploit to these systems that face the internet that are not protected properly. Yowza. Anything else you want to guys, guys want to add to that? <laughs> well, this particular um, group, you mentioned them, you know, they are not only are they up and coming, um, but they're kind of known as the, the literal top group of 2022. They just came out at the beginning of the year and they surpa surpassed Lockbit uh, this year. Um, a lot of crazy stuff uh, going on with this particular, uh, a lot of crazy stuff is going on with this particular group. Yeah, it is. I mean, they're, like I said at the beginning, they, they're they just killing it. I mean, in terms of, you know, how many times we're seeing them involved in ransomware attacks, um, you know, and it's Royal and, uh, and Lockbit right now, in my opinion. And Royal, I was reading in this article, they do not use affiliates. So they're not um, also software uh, ransomware as a service. They are um, just a standalone group and they do all their own uh, work. It's pretty wild. So is it was Royal the one behind the L.A. County? Uh, not there? sure. I forget. Uh, I'm trying to figure out. It's hard to keep track. It is hard to keep track. Especially when they, they keep breaking out and changing names and. Yeah, I can't remember who's who's nailing the schools lately, but I feel like it's I felt like it was Royal who hit these guys. Um, I don't know. I'll look. I'll try to figure it out. But maybe it was Lockbit, wasn't it? I can't remember. I know we've talked a lot about schools and a lot about Lockbit lately, so maybe I'm just yeah. I'm, that's what I'm trying to remember. But anyway, it's not important. Um, so anyway, uh, we're moving right along since we're right up against time. I want to jump to, I thought this was pretty wild. And this is this uh, 1,000 ships affected by ransomware, which is, I'm like, what? Um, so DNV confirmed that around 1,000 vessels have been affected by a recent cybersecurity incident on its ship manager software, which pro proved to be a result of a ransomware attack. Um, it's a Norwegian-based class 
Norwegian based class society said in a statement that the shutdown of ship manager servers was affecting a total of 70 clients. So I guess their server got impacted by ransomware and then these ships couldn't access the data. You know, there's not a lot of detail there, but can you imagine being out on a cruise on a ship that's run by a bunch of software, you're locked in with everybody. All of a sudden the software is locked up and then they're going to try to run that whole ship just off a pad and paper. Yeah. Sounds scary. It also sounds scary when a system admin screws up an update and the planes in the world uh-huh. <laughs> in the U.S. are having problems too. So, yes, I mean, Especially with everybody's, uh, you know, quick to jump to conclusions as well. Yeah. So, I mean, I I kind of figured that FAA thing was going to turn into kind of like a nothing burger around the cyber attack. Not to say that that was a nothing burger, um, but I also don't think that what we're being told is the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, but cyber attack that can get it back up that fast. I would hope that they have fail safe redundant systems that they could fall back to for those types of things. Mm-hmm. Because they don't just have like one system. Right. <laughs> but that system is also very, very old. I can't remember how old it was, but like ridiculously old from technology standards. Yeah. I think yeah. they installed it before. I mean, like when I was 12 or something crazy like that. Wow. <laughs> they're still like six wow. years in replacing that's, it. That's ancient. And then uh, to wrap up here, guys, we got Hope College. We talked about that. They're up in Michigan, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. Yep. And it appears that, you know, as we talk about on this show all the time, and we repeat ourselves constantly because we know, you know, most people aren't going to listen to every single show. So we talk about a lot of the same things in, in our episodes. And, here we go again with, you know, after the fact of, of the ransomware attack, you're now having to deal with lawsuits and class action lawsuits and defend these. And they call, and this is what costs money. And um, this is what I was talking to a lot of businesses about last year in, in 2022 was like, the cost isn't just paying the ransom. You know, here are all the costs. And then you have to deal with, lawsuits on the back end once you get everything back up and running or you know within a certain period you're probably you're probably looking at class action lawsuits or lawsuits within 60 to 90 days of, of these events and, and hope college is currently facing three of them yeah. at the same time totally. one of them for as much as five million dollars wow um i mean and i don't know i don't think we had a lot of the details at the time so this this was interesting so they currently have approximately 3,251 students uh, but the breach uh, covered 156,000 individuals. So it was, you know, current and former students and faculty. Uh, they also kept a database of uh, Im- important information for a lot of their vendors. So one of the um, uh, class action lawsuits was originally brought up, uh, brought about by a business owner um, whose business's uh, EIN information, his personal social security number, like, you know, they, they were asking for quite a bit of information from uh, uh, their vendors. Um, the, you know, the other thing that I found interesting in one of, one of the lawsuits, excuse me, oh boy. uh, was, <laughs> excuse me, uh, da, 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 da. uh, basically they were saying that, that they were negligent because, uh, here we go. Uh, the complaint alleges that Hope College 
uh, failed to take necessary precautions and implement reasonable security standards, uh, and that because of the widespread uh, attacks that have been occurring, that they should have been able to foresee this coming. So basically that they were turning a blind eye from protection. And I think that's something that we're going to see used a yes. lot more as we move forward. Yes. Great point. Say, I, I wasn't aware of this. The, the defense lawyer is going to step up and he's going to say, uh, well, the, 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 the prosecuting lawyer or whatever they call it in these cases is going to step up and say, you know, they should have known there's all kinds of attacks. It's mm -hmm. not a matter of, if matter of, of when and you know then the defensive the defense attorney is going to kind of say the same kind of things but at the end of the day um it's going to be it's going to basically come out that they're so rampant and so widespread how could they turn a blind eye to it and that's where they're going to get their negligence that's there was another thing that i liked about this too there, there was a link in one of the articles i had on this one uh that showed a letter to the editor from uh, one of the local uh, newspapers that just really screamed like a plant. Um, and it was somebody, uh, a concerned citizen that was basically shaming the class action lawsuit people for, you know, why are you kicking them while they're down, basically? Um, and said, it even said in their statement that they've seen no evidence of misuse <laughs> or inappropriate. Uh, wow. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's definitely a plant. Oh yeah. My God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We that's that last week. That's wild. I mean, look, at the end of the day, they don't hack this stuff for no reason. Of it doesn't like <laughs> at the end of the day, these class action lawsuits lawsuits are justifiable, right? Because mm -hmm. these companies are not doing anything and they're constantly putting people's information at risk, putting them at risk and it really is bordering on gross negligence at this point when you don't do something about this stuff. And, you know, it's, it's unbelievable to me, you know, the number of companies that we talk to who we see, they're not doing anything. And then they, they still don't do anything. Right. Where you talk to a guy or talk to a business owner and they're like, ah, oh, we got hit with ransomware and we're still working with the same company. It's like, all right. Like, <laughs> you know, I, it just boggles my mind on how some of these decisions are made. And we, we are, we're going to start seeing these, these class action lawsuits mm -hmm. be successful because, you know, the, the legal system is going to get tired of dealing with the back and forth over all of this. So law and precedent is going to be set so they can just refer to the precedent and say, Nope, you're going to be liable for this stuff. And that's where this is going to go. Um, and you're also, quite frankly, you're not going to have to worry about, in 2023, you're not going to have to worry about just class action lawsuits. You're going to have to worry about your, insu your insurance company suing you too. Mm -hmm. Because we're seeing it all over the place. I mean, I read three articles in the last week about insurance companies suing companies over <clears throat> claims and denied claims and things like that on yeah. cyber attacks. Like com I saw one company in Ohio that sued their insurance company because the insurance company denied the claim. <clears throat> it went all the way to the Supreme Court, went through, I think, three or four different courts in Ohio, and the Supreme Court of Ohio ruled in favor of the insurance company. Mm -hmm. Do you imagine how much that business, it cost that business to try to get that claim paid? Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. just imagine how much your how good it would look to the defense if you could then prove that you know you had 2fa on you have threat management you had firewalls you had all these things well but the, you know they wouldn't be in court and the claim probably would have get would have gotten paid if that those they could right. prove those things were in yeah. place it was they couldn't so there they are so 
All right, guys, we got to wrap up. It's only a 20 minute show, our shortest show of, of like in history. Um, but Definitely in all... 2023. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> appreciate your time, and we'll see everyone next week. Take care. Right. See you. Bye bye.